I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most important influencers, guides, and change makers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaway from their personal journey and their greatest wisdom. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is Self-Helpful. This is our peak wellness show where we give specific focus to our health and wellness, the foundation for all we do. In this episode, we're talking about food. Food is like money. We can't do without it. Food is not good or bad, so we either have a good and healthy relationship with it and we invest wisely or we have a poor relationship with it and it's a thorn in our side. We are losing the war with food in America and in this show, we highlight a reality of our true and real addiction with food. Our, me too. All of us are on the spectrum. But again, we can't stop eating forever like other addictions where we can just stop it and not do it again. This isn't alcohol. Uh, we have to eat, keep eating. So what do we do? Well, first we need to get aware of our individual issues around food and then work to manage them. And this is not a call to abstain from food or from all the foods you like. It's not a, a quest to take away your joy and pleasure from food. I'm not about to. I mean, food is life. And the issue, though, is whether we are in control of our food or it is in control of us. And the difference is everything. In this episode, it's meant to empower you and me to be in control and to get even more joy from our food. What we're realizing is to have health and wellness and physical and mental capacity uh, to have everything we desire, we must start by establishing a healthy relationship with our food. My co-host today is, of course, Randy James, medical doctor and functional medicine expert and founder of truelifemedicine.com. Here we go. As I was thinking about people in our lives who are 
healthy, happy, whatever, that have a healthy relationship with food. And I thought just that perspective, they obviously, they control their food. It doesn't control them is kind of a highlight, but two, I find that they love their food as well. And I, and I even wondered about that, that it feels like they get more joy than the person over here. Who's just savagely pounding whatever, you know, tastes good in. It's not even, we we know that. I mean, the more you do, it's like, uh, you know, for, for, uh, forgive me, but you know, sex every day, twice a day, there's not really anybody. It kind of like, you know, I need a break. Well, right. And that's why when you bring up that subject, we think, oh yeah, when we're on vacation or you're in on a trip or a honeymoon or a, a special weekend or whatever, it, it, that's precisely it. It sets it apart Yeah, as special. Yeah. It's a, you've got a different relationship with and it. And we're at a point though, where we treat every meal where, you know- Like sex? Like, so yeah, just, <laughs> I just pound, pound in it. And, and it made me think of our office mates here, Allison and Stefan Roy, and I thought I'd give them a call out. They've got- a YouTube channel called Catch. It's Catch uh, period in period dinner. Catch in dinner. And these folks live to eat. <laughs> they, they live to kill what they eat. Then they eat it. They do. But you <laughs> think about the process and, and you know, none of us or few of us are going to do that, but they just right. got back from Florida and they went pig hunting yeah. and, you know, <laughs> killed a big pig. And then they put it on YouTube and show here's the hunt and it's all exciting. And then here's us I don't know if they show the cleaning or whatever, but then here's the meal and the recipe they made and they sit and eat it and they love food. And from what I've seen, I don't know that they abstain much. I think they eat well most of the time. Well, we've had a meal with them and it was pretty good. Yeah. And it was, and it was sacred. So to think about that, that, you know, here we all want health and wellness. And I see that most people that we see that vitality from, they have a, really good relationship with their food. Yeah. And I thought, that's what I want. And yeah, yeah. just as we were chatting about years ago and we, you and I were talking about wine and you said, gosh, we really enjoy it, but do we need to caution ourselves on, is it controlling us or do we control? Right. It? And the, the concept and I, I love the word that you brought out with relationship, the relationship that we have with nearly anything, but I'm glad you love that. Cause I got be, that from you. Be, <laughs> people don't walk around talking about my relationship with a hamburger, yeah. my relationship with a radish, it, 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 and, it, or with now maybe a little bit more with sugar or emotional, the famous emotional eating kind of things. comfort food, comfort whatever, food. Yeah. There's a little bit of a relational quality there, but we don't have a relationship with lunch. I mean, typically we don't. And so that's, that's kind of what we're doing is calling this up. Yes. Elevate. Well, we're back yeah. to elevating our appetites. Yeah. Cause you say that. And I think if somebody asked me, I'd say, I do have a relationship with lunch. Generally you and I, I think you and I do now we now, can describe it. I didn't though. My relationship with lunch. Well, no, I just did it because we're doing this, you know, it's a hectic schedule. And so I just, I wanted to eat, didn't have to, I wanted to. And I sat here and did it while I was working. There was no relationship with it. I was just stuffing my face. Oh, wait a minute. So you ate, yeah, but I couldn't so uh, that we could record over uh, noon. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, generally though, our relationship is we go sit out there on the deck, you know, so we say this a lot, check out the view, take a deep breath. Right. See, I was anticipating, I put mine in the fridge for tomorrow's lunch. You're skipping it? Lunch? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. I'm spending it with you. (laughs) I have spent uh, three weeks in Florida imbibing with food. I'm going to have to come off. (laughs) Off your high. Oh my gosh. My appetite is at an all time high. So, but if we look at this and look at, you know, when we say the word food addiction, um, I think the first thing you think of is, oh, like an eating disorder. Mm Mm-hmm which we all know of. I'm acutely aware. That's what my wife dealt with coming out of professional dancing or whatever. So anorexia and bulimia, we think about that. Um, but if we look at food, that's what I'm enamored with. It is something we cannot give up. Mm-hmm. And so don't you think people think more on the food addiction side as obesity, as I, uh, I, I'm concerned that we don't anymore because we've normalized it. Well, here okay, in America. yes, uh, and so that now it's that that's just again people look at it and go, well, Randy, you're lucky. Look, you eat and and look at Must you. Must be your and, genes, yeah, yeah, or whatever. And okay, so so no, I want to I want to come to that. But if I if we look at you know food, I mean, food is. I, I just am always enamored with you talking about our friend, and you said. How did you phrase it to Steve about what his uh, thoughts were on fasting or something? Right. So here's an individual and, and we're saying, hey, let's explore fasting. And he needed to do that. So he got through a day and the plan had been two days. And he said, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, all right, what did you feel the morning of the second day as you're looking at a full day of no eating and you're going to intend on breaking fast the next day? And his words were sheer terror. Terror. I- which just got me. That's like, oh, wow. Because I think annoyance, I'm perturbed. I, I don't think terror. I didn't ex- I didn't embrace that when you said that. I just thought, oh, poor Steve. Yeah. Okay. I'm embracing that now. <laughs> A- after our months of Doing, fasting, uh-huh. uh, yeah, of prolonged fasting, 84 hours. I, thought, I get it. And I, and I just thought back to that. Did you feel though on Monday morning, looking at three more days of not eating, did you feel terror? No, no, I, I admittedly didn't feel terror, but I just tapped into, I get it. Yeah. yeah I get okay, it. That this yeah. is a visceral. And it yes. made me think back to man's basic survival yes. that again, we're in the short period of time that our ancestors for, you know, as long as you want to go back, spent the majority of their day, they woke up and went to find food. Yeah. Hunt it, gather it, or it's a blizzard outside and they just know, man, we're, we're not going to eat today. I mean, it was survival. And if that's ingrained into our absolute you know, DNA over time to think of abstaining from food, that's just terrible. And, and again, this isn't a show about fasting, but it's about saying, man, I get the, I get it. I just saw another, another, uh, video by Simon Sinek on talking about kids and the damage being done by so devices and social yeah. media and the damage is he's really focused on the dopamine hit, the, the yeah. damage that it does to our brain and our psyche when we get that constant dopamine hit. And I get it from food. I mean, that's probably, that may be one of my primary daily dopamine hits. So th- you're right. And that just, that just hits me right now. Cause over the weekend, I, th- I had this thought that because yesterday was a weird day. Uh, there was a soccer game away. So Marcy went away to the soccer game with my son and we were having dinner alone or with the other two little ones. And, but I got home a little bit earlier in that space between, cause I'm usually working all the way up until now it's time to eat. Yeah. Even if working is, is sort of making the meal. Yeah. 
But on a weekend, I can't hardly walk through the kitchen without just thinking of food. And that the addictiveness of it, and I'm, I'm mad at that. I will. <laughs> I just, and, and that's, it's there. And, and if you look and yeah, that, that I am hitting, I am looking forward to that, that, the, but we don't think about it that way. I'm not saying, Oh, I'd like a dopamine hit. Let me just uh, go grab a something. Yeah. You're right. That our relationship is with, but it's being aware of, are, are you, even right now, right now you're, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to skip lunch. You are looking forward to dinner. Yeah. In a different way than if I had eaten. Sure. Yeah. I am. And so you're, it's that, that we know that we get like half the, you know, so much of the dopamine hit is just looking forward to something. Yes. Maybe sometimes it's arguable in James clears, clear uh, atomic habits. He talks about, there's really more pleasure leading up to the, oh, yeah. than even Christmas. Okay. Right. Okay. Like, the, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And yeah, I'm so I'm thinking about sex again, you know, there and think about the average, you know, the thing you see depicted on the, the movie and there's the build up and the forth yeah. and all this stuff. And then sometimes the event can be very quick and then it's yeah. over, but it's, it's the build up. I mean, of that, the anticipation, the anticipation yeah. and to think about there's that. So there's a mental anticipation. There's the taste on your taste buds. There's the chewing, the swallowing, there's the going in. And then I think that that aspect of a full belly, I was thinking about that again, just from a primal aspect. I mean, I like that feeling. I mean, it's a good feeling. And I wonder if that's just, that's in our DNA to say, man, I am, I'm safe for the moment. I think so. I was just getting ready to go there that not only are you safe, but you're, you are sort of, I am man. Like, like the Tom Hanks, I have made fire, whatever movie that Concord, was. Conquered, safe, yeah. And and the fire's going to run out. You're going to have to do it again tomorrow. There's going to be another whatever. But in the moment right now, it's the deep breath. You know, gosh, it's, no, it's interesting. And this is going to sound sexist, but if we look back over the span of time, right or wrong, and gender roles, right. that we're all going to feel safe. A man might feel... Uh, in control? Yeah, I was uh, going to say conquering, but just okay. you know, confident. And, and, re, and, and a woman yeah. might feel provided for. Yeah. And if we go back to the caveman days and she has a baby, she's nursing, she can't go out and do it. And so she feels safe and provided for. And again, so we're just looking at the span of time of that. And again, just a primal aspect. It makes sense. I think that's what I'm queuing into. It makes sense that, man, this is, I want to. Rather than primal, I would call it, I think you're saying it's basic. Primitive. Okay. Core. Okay, core. Yeah. 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 To, to want food, to want to enjoy it, to want enough, to want plenty. And okay. So can I, can I hit on addiction? Yeah. Cause I was just in America or in the modern world, it leads to addiction because the, you know, it's, it's there. It's there. I mean, I, one of my favorite hobbies habits is grocery shopping. <laughs> I really do. I mean, it's like at the end of the end of the week, man, you got your paycheck, which is stupid for us because we don't get a weekly paycheck. But, you know, it's, it's like, man, this is my celebration for a hard earn. I'm going to go buy exactly what I want to eat. And I'll think about it, man. This is what, okay, Saturday night, we're doing pizza. You know, Sunday, we're doing, yeah, I'm going to make lasagna or, you know, whatever it is. And, and taking, again, all these good things and joys, but when do they come over into an addiction? Because when we look at the stats that I know we're always talking about, that doesn't make any of us hap- happy to, t- to, to address that we are the statistics of ill health in America worldwide, but especially in America are horrific, right? It's horrific. Climbing, it's 
bad. We're obese. We can't. I just got back from Florida and God love everybody in Florida, but I am not used to seeing so many obese people. Maybe it was just a specific area I was in, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it was just evident. It was, it was evident. So top addictions real quick. This is the top, the 10 most common addictions in the U S from the addiction center, uh, tobacco, and it gives the numbers. I won't go through them, but you know, it has tobacco, 40 million. Next is alcohol, 18 million. It goes down. So tobacco, alcohol, marijuana, painkillers, which is opioids. That's, mm-hmm. We all know that. The opioid, opioid edemic, uh, epidemic. Cocaine, heroin, benzodiazepine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's Valium, Xanax, mm-hmm. blah, blah, clonopin. Stimulants, like Adderall, Ritalin, inhalants, and then sedatives, and if we look at those, and this would be the study is to say, well, how, how are the deaths related to those? And then what are the deaths related to obesity and the chronic illnesses from those like heart disease, like diabetes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would say f- food is far more mm-hmm. detrimental. And yet if we looked at this and say you had a buddy who was a cocaine addict or a kid or whatever, you wouldn't come along and go, you know, probably be good if you could, you know, just, just get a little control, just lessen it a little bit, maybe just curb mm-hmm. your appetite a little bit, you know, keep, try to keep the white stuff off your nose. It looks bad to people, <laughs> you know, whatever. I know it's laughable. Mm-hmm. And yet we're over here with people who are being incapacitated by food mm-hmm. and we don't say anything and we don't look at it as an addiction. So here's, you ready? Here's the eight common symptoms of food addiction. This is from Healthline. One, getting cravings despite feeling full. Mm-hmm. I've had that. Mm-hmm. Eating much more than intended. Mm-hmm. Yep. Strike two for me. Three, eating until feeling excessively stuffed. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> feeling guilty afterward, but doing it again soon. <laughs> Thanksgiving is what it used to be. Now it's- Are these people living with me? Every weekend. I know. Uh, five, making up excuses. And I thought about that, making up excuses. And I, I don't, I'm not here to offend people, but even I feel like we've gotten that thing of- you know, we ate four hours ago. And, oh man, I think I got some blood sugar stuff happening. I need to eat. I need a <laughs> yeah, I need some M and M's or something. I need a pick me up. I, I need to get fast food because I don't have enough time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was. No, I won't, I won't go there. <laughs> okay, uh, six repeated failures at setting rules. Mm-hmm. Limited. I, yeah. I mean, that's all of us. That's a, we laugh at that. Uh, hi, uh, seven hiding eating from others. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit. 
which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I do that for my kids just because I don't want them to eat my food that I've got stashed, but I don't. We have the adult shelf in our yeah. pantry. Like, yeah, it's a rule. And that's where my chocolate is. Yeah, I do too. It's a very, it is literally the top shelf. Top of my, shelf yeah. I have to stand and reach high to get it. Uh, eight, unable to quit despite physical problems. I mean, that's, you've got patients that are acutely dealing with that now. I got me. Well, I got me. Yeah. Okay. So there we are. And so, and it goes on. So it, it qualifies that says the criteria for substance dependence includes many of the symptoms above. They fit in with medical definitions of addiction. If you have repeatedly tried to quit eating or cut back on your consumption of junk food, but can't, it could be an indicator of food addiction. This is one of those places where I'd say we're all on the spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. And and we just, that's, I'm so glad we're doing the show because culturally this is not a very, it's not a topic that's out there. It, 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 and meanwhile, we just keep going to the next meal. I was thinking about t- survival. Okay. So critical life support. What do you do? If you are wrecked and can't do anything, you're going to go into the hospital. They're going to make sure that you breathe, that you have fluids, water, that you sleep, and you've got to take some Nutrients. input, some, yeah. some food. You've got to eat and you got to urinate and defecate. And that's pretty much covered it. You can live for months in a yeah. bed, unconscious, doing those things. So here we are saying, hey, one of those looks to be our greatest addiction and you cannot stop it. Everything else we can stop. We'll go, go back up. We can stop tobacco, alcohol, marijuana, painkillers, cocaine, heroin, benzo, uh, whatever that is, yeah. stimulants, inhalant sedatives. I mean, yeah. those are all. Those are not critical for life. And here's food. And even though we talk about prolonged fasting and stuff like that, that's, I mean, you, you I still, still, 
have to come back to eat. You're going That's to right. die. Yeah. You have, yeah. You, you have to eat. And so, and, and so here we are. It's a, it's, a, it is unique. We have to drink, let's call it nutrition. So water is a part of eating, mm-hmm. but it's, it's about, we don't have to exercise or we die, right? We'll be less well for sure. We don't have to be in relationship with other people. Like in solitary confinement, you're less well, but you, you won't die. What else is there that is like this? Nothing. I, not, where not where that. our poison is some, is absolutely required uh-huh. within, you know, for, for most of us, you know, let's say five, six, seven days, you know, certainly 40 days and certainly longer than that. You're, you're going to, you're starving to death uh-huh. and you, you have to eat. What else is like that? And then we literally have, and I don't know how to define this. We have so much joy and social connection and celebration. And I, from a, from a faith-based spiritual standpoint, would say, I think it was intended for that. Going back to, to sex, sex was intended not just for like the Quakers who don't exist because they <laughs> didn't believe in, in sex. It wasn't created just for procreation. It was right. created for joy. The sunset was created for joy. These mountains, I've just been three weeks at the ocean. And I think, man, right. that was created for my joy. I think food was created for joy. So now it's beyond just, you know, eating, uh, sure. sleeping and defecating. It's joy. So we've got that in there too. And yet, how do we manage it? And then it goes, it's like Dave Ramsey with money. I remember as a kid going through his stuff, money's like a brick, build an orphanage with it or throw it through somebody's window. Yeah. How do we manage it? We got to have it, got to deal with it. Yeah. Here's food. How do we manage it? How do we manage it? Here's sex. Here's Uh a sunset. Here's travel. Here's all of these things. How are we going to manage it? But the one, you know, if we compare money and Mm -hmm. sex, then food is in your face multiple times a day. We can't get away from it. I I mean, not really, unless you go climbing a hole. Well, it takes effort. Really, really. It, as we've been exploring with fasting, it takes tremendous effort. Yeah. So it's, it's in your face all the time. And now we're back to like that brick. Uh, what is your relationship with food? Yeah. Cause culturally we are out of control. Uh, well, it's, it's obvious. I mean, that's not our, yeah. I, I feel like sometimes I feel like I got to defend our stance on this, but man, we're just looking at the stats and not just your patients. I mean, anybody, if you want to go to the CDC centers for disease, uh, disease control and look at the stats on all these things. But I don't think we have to. Most people are no, no. dealing and they, with it. They even say, like we quoted in our, in our whatever show that was, 80% of these are directly related to lifestyle. Yeah. To the way that you live. And such a big part of that is the way that you eat and spend your food. Spend your food. Yeah. And, and most people are listening have something... Uh, they're dissatisfied in some way with their okay. current level of health, whether that's how they feel or what they see in the mirror, weight or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But very few people who say, no, I'm totally good. They have We're all on the spectrum there. We could all be a little bit weller. So what is that relationship with food? How do we, then that would be the takeaway. How do we get a good relationship with food? And my thought was first, this is what I'm going for here. Step one is just to understand what we're dealing with. Yeah. Step awareness. One. Like awareness. we talk about all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Understand just like we're saying, no, there's a battle going on or, or there's a, you know, there's friction. Yeah. Where is it coming from? So that's number one. And then to figure out ourselves, our, our own issues. What are my, what are Kevin's temptations? Because I am not tempted by fast food. Zero. Right. 
totally off the table. Right. I'm not tempted by processed food. Um, yeah, mine's different. I'm tempted by, gosh, what am I? I'm tempted by, um, I'm tempted by alcohol for sure. Yeah. Which to me, and I know that they do pull, that was, that was, that was one of the, I mean, that was, was number, number two. two. Yeah. Yeah. That they set that up. But to me, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's still a food. It's different than, I don't know. It is to me. Maybe that's not fair. Well, I mean, that shooting up with cocaine or sniffing cocaine or shooting up with heroin or smoking. Uh, well, he, he, this is going to be the nuance as, because everybody hearing this is on the spectrum of addiction. Yeah. Okay. And you've also, in the popular press, you've seen reports about how they say food addiction, it hits the same centers in the brain as cocaine. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it is stronger or as strong or stronger than a cocaine addiction or, and nicotine is one way up there high too. I was so surprised that that's still, still I mean, number one. Do you know anybody who smokes? I don't I, we're, know. we're in a blue zone. I know we're up anybody. here and it's not that common, but man, even in Florida, maybe that was a blue zone for that. I didn't see a lot of smoking. I was just surprised, man. Who, I don't know who's smoking, but apparently a lot. Of, well, smoke. I, well, no, now we've got vaping, don't we? we have, is it, it's got to be a part of that. Well, it's nicotine. Well, I guess I it's mean, just nicotine. Yeah. So it's in there and people who do chewing tobacco chewing. and stuff, I just don't see it. I, anyways, I was surprised. Obviously, that's number one is what they show. But we have said in the show before too, what's the number one addiction in the world? And I would say sugar, carb, yeah. you know, that, that, that the overabundance, the overindulgence, the over, we just put it in and we don't need it and it's there. And even at the next meal, we don't, we don't need it. And I, I love how your daughter said, well, I've proven that I don't need to eat as much as I do. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, okay, well now are you going to go and eat every two days? Like you probably would be okay with. No, no, <laughs> she, it, it, but that's, that's Eliza. She produces our shows and she's been real open about that. She, she's actually dealing just with disappointment in realizing her own issues with food, that the prolonged fasting brought up the reality that she yeah. does not need the food. She's not. I'm, I'm with her. Yeah. Like that, rather than feeling inspired by the fact that I can get by or eat, thrive on eating every other day. It's like, well, that's a pain in my rear. Yeah, I am more <laughs> satiated with food over the past three weeks of my imbibing. And today, I don't remember a time. And you couldn't even make it past lunch. I, I, I felt <laughs> ravenous. And I'm thinking, I know that there's no physiological reason because I haven't, I haven't done a whole lot of physical activity in the past 48 hours. I've eaten plenty. There's no need. And I know I am perfectly capable of not eating for many days. And yet I felt, felt it. right. And I'm thinking, where, hmm. You know, since we did our big fasting in January, February, March, I'm a little irritated with the fact that now at lunch, even with, with a normal sized lunch, I'm uncomfortably full Yeah, and it's irritating. Yeah. And, and then I had the feeling of, well, darn, I ate, I'm looking less forward to dinner. I hope I'm hungry by dinner. <laughs> so I can, that's so funny. But I, I grew up eating three squares a day in snacks. So yeah. how did... And a lot of food. I, being in Florida, we went out to eat a lot. And the serving sizes, I, I got a burrito at this place. It's kind of a Chipotle like, uh, no, Urban Taco is what it was called. And went there and did the burrito thing and literally said, please just, just, just a little rice. Cause I saw what they put on the person in front of me. I said, a little rice. Oh no, just a little beans. And they really did a little. But by the end, somehow, it was like the size of my leg. I, I ate, I ate so half of it. When I go to Chipotle, my wife gets embarrassed because I have to yell at the person. You know, I'll say, 
one spoon of beans. Yeah. And they'll do that heaping honking and I'll be like, go. And and Marcy's just like, oh, stop. And the lady's like, what? And because it'll be one, just one spoon of beans, one spoon of one of rice and one of chicken, which are the biggest part of what, you know, a little bit of vegetables. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Three or four of those spoons, please. Yeah. (laughs) The flip-flop of of that is the world that we live in. The world that we live in, which back to my three weeks in Florida. The, the primary place, and I was doing like, you know, really good seafood and like that. Vegetables are an additive thing. Most plates did not contain, contain vegetables. And then you've got, you know, Mark Hyman over here and he's showcasing your plate should be three fourths vegetables. And we don't even, I mean, honestly, down there, what I saw the norm of what I received, unless I specifically asked for vegetables, the norm of the average plate at a high, at a, at a nice restaurant. And what I saw around me was not even a fourth, often zero. And if you did, it was a little thing of coleslaw, a little salad. It's kind of like, a uh, what did we do? Uh, parsley. It's a, it's a, uh, what do they call it? Uh, garnish. Garnish. It's, it's a garnish, you. right? There it is. It's, it's, it's a garnish. And, and yeah, the sizes Well, on that. So on that with, just so everybody knows. So I've, I've lived a life in marketing and sales. It was 30 years ago at a, at a marketing seminar. It was actually around not even book publishing, but back with just content publishing, which we didn't have computers and stuff that day. That's back when it was paper. And they talked about, Hey, put your stuff in a three ring binder. Don't be skimpy with the pages because thump factor matters. Boom. Thump factor. The, this way, somebody you're trying to get somebody to pay 180 bucks for this information on how to start a business. You want them to feel when they pick it up out of the mail, they got their money's worth. It makes sense. So here we are at Chipotle. How much does that rice and beans, especially, cost? I mean, nothing. Right. Nothing. So man, pile that on. Make the person feel like they got some thump uh, right. in that. So they're doing that because it's good marketing and sales. We take it then and go well. This is a serving size, I guess. And we just eat it because you got to have a clean plate because if you don't finish it all, somebody's going to starve in wherever. Do you remember when we read Switch? Yeah. Uh, and they talked about marketing in one of the big areas. And we still see a lot of commercials for food. But if you think about like we can always consume, you can there's always there could always be an increase in how many cars are sold or computers or tables. Yeah. There's only so much food that people can eat. Theoretically, right? Like you can only get so full. So how is it that when you look at portion sizes at restaurants from the 70s to today, there's going to be, you know, 30, 40% increase? Oh, yeah. Supersize me. And the supersize, like how, so that was one of the issues. And they did the experiments that are always so cool that where people say, no, 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 I don't overeat. When I'm full, I stop. And they said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they did it with, do you remember what they did it with? Popcorn? Yeah, movie theater popcorn. Yeah. And they gave them the giant tub. And the people, when you had the giant tub and refillables, you ate 50% more. Yeah. Even though you were full, even though you were the, and they did it with professors, like PhD people saying, no, 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 I know when I'm full. Like you, I'm not like other people. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so here we are now, 30, 40, 50 years into this hyper marketing the portion sizes are, are there and now somebody's in their car listening to this and they're thinking, okay, how is this going to impact me? What is my relationship with food when it's so sneaky? It, it is, but <laughs> that, but that right there, I feel like is, you know, so what's the, okay. So we hear people hear this. What do we do? Uh, there's no, 
Uh, There's no so solution. There is no for here you $180. Go. <laughs> we've got the five steps to yeah. having a great relationship with food. I mean, there could, there, there are some things that we can point out, but I think the biggest thing is it, it's like you dealing with a patient. Hey, Dr. James, mm-hmm. here's 10 of us. How can you make us all healthy? And you go, I don't know. I'm going to have to know each one of you. That's I mean, right. We're all going to have to figure out what is our relationship That's, with food? What yeah. am I eating? Why? What's the emotion behind it? What are my habits behind it? What are the feelings behind it? Because yeah. I mean, we know that we uh, yeah. have so much. I mean, if you're, if you feel guilt, when you're eating or feel guilt, when you look in the mirror, if you feel shame, if you feel, maybe, maybe you hear stuff like this and at some point you're just, you're just angry. You know what? I just, I got a, my, my life is difficult. I think that's a big yeah. thing. We, we medicate with it. My life is difficult. I do it. Yeah. It's been a long day. It's not day. like I'm smoking or doing something else bad. Yeah. I need advice or I, it's okay. I, I'll do it on both sides. I had a hard day. I got a lot done. It was really productive. I want to celebrate. Or I had a long day. It was hard. My wife's irritated with me. This. Whatever. I'm just, I'm, there's no, I don't have the willpower back to Ben Hardy. Yep. I don't have the willpower. To, I'm just going to go home and at least enjoy kicking my shoes off and having something good to eat. I read a comic when I was a kid and it showed this guy, I'm going to do a bad paraphrase, but he came or he, he came home or no, he went and bought shoes, two sizes too small. And the guy says, dude, what do you? Why are you doing that? He says, man, my life's so difficult. The only joy I get is coming home at night and kicking <laughs> my shoes off and feeling the relief. Oh, it's terrible. But to that, to go home and, and to celebrate, and I get it, mm-hmm. but we're talking about emotions. So what is our emotion? What are our emotions? What are, what's our relationship food and how do we want that? And I'll say my pride and my ego that, I mean, one of the most convicting thing was again, back when you and I were talking about wine, you saying, does it control you or do you control it? I am, it pisses me off. My ego, my pride. I don't want anything to control me. I don't want the policeman's radar to control me and the speed limit. And I, I don't want my food to control me. No, I want to be in control. I want to enjoy it and have pleasure in it. Yeah. I don't want to deprive myself. But man, I want. I don't want control. I don't want it to have control. That's shame. I feel ashamed of that. I don't know. I'm. I'm conflicted. I don't know. I think we're all on the spectrum of all of these feelings. Like I have known that feeling. I will be in control of this. And if I'm not, there is some shame and uh, about, you know, I didn't need that third dessert, whatever it is. I am full. Like when you mentioned the addiction things, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated at the fact that I can't eat when I am full. Does that mean I've lost control? Do I just want another one over there? So I I felt that. And it's, Fasting is has been the thing that's been the window into my relationship with food, the most powerful yeah. uncovering of that. Um, and we've talked before about why don't we have the five steps to your relationship with food and and the fact that I would say this so differently to each individual person, including myself. And it's I'm at a place now, and I think it's partly because we're raising teenagers and and you know questioning the gray and the black and the white of what is my relationship with food? And on one on one hand, I get down on it, like because of whatever reasons, but on the other hand, I don't crave fast food either. That's not a... Uh, a thing I'm going to have to break or whatever. And somebody else out there is thinking that, and we're all on the spectrum and we can all be a little bit better. 
So this is even today has been has been helpful for me to be okay. What is my awareness of my relationship? That's the thing because I'm looking at if we look back at those those addictions. Tobacco, alcohol, marijuana, painkillers. When we think about what's the addiction with those, I mean, we're great. I'm sorry, we are great. I mean, relationship with those, and that's like having a relationship with the mafia, you know, with 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 gangsters or something like that. We put that down, and yet we would say those. No, we wouldn't say the stats would show do show that. I mean, those are harming people far less than this other thing that we have a relationship with. But the relationship isn't by proxy bad. It's it's, it's it, part us. of that relationship is very, very good. Yeah. Well, maybe the best comparison then is money. Okay. Yeah. Nobody says Hold. I do, I do not want any money. And we, and to that degree, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the analogy. Cause can we do without money? I mean, not really. Not, I mean, that's, well, right. You, not, you get it from somebody else. If somebody else feeds you, you're using their money. Yeah, so yes, you cannot do without to, money. I mean, I, if you went on. Or exchange in value of some way. Pretty much. I mean, right. even back with, I read Little House on the Prairie recently with, you know, some of the kids and they're pretty self-sufficient, but every month Pa would go into town because there were still things that he, they didn't have sugar. They right. weren't growing sugar cane. Nails. nails. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nails. Uh, cloth. Because, you right, know, to, make, to, to have to a loom and do that yeah. was different. So they had these things that they couldn't. So money, uh, bartering whatever your resources or something, we have to deal with. And we know that relationship. You have a good or bad, maybe that's the best comparison. You have relationship money. Is it good or bad? Are you scarcity or abundance mindset? Are you generous? This, are you a hoarder? This jives in with, uh, with our friend Patrick. And I don't know if you and he had those conversations, but he and I have had this conversation. He's a financial planner guy. And the dovetail of the way he talks about financial health, wealth, <laughs> You know, and he causes wealth, W-E-L-L-T-H, like wealth, wealth management right. down that path, because your finances is a part of your physical wealth, well-being too. Right. And so your relationship, and that's, that's his main question is, well, you know, is money really part of your joy and satisfaction and all of that? And if so, well, then that's probably a problem and you'll never have enough. And there is, there's yeah. always a... a so I agree with your analogy there and your relationship with, you know, how do you budget? How do you spend? Well, I thought you were going to say stewardship. Which, I, I body stewardship, money stewardship. Money, yes. Money. So here we're talking about health, yeah. uh, health stewardship, health stewardship, but even our stewardship of, of our res- of food, yeah. you know, which comes to some, and now to some of those, you know, the how to's I, I do recommend, I talk about it constantly. Ben Hardy, his book, willpower doesn't work because part of my stewardship is not buying the more harmful Hard. foods that uh-huh. are to be at home at the end of the day when I'm celebrating, mm-hmm. lamenting, whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to medicate. And you know what? I'm not going to eat a bag of Cheetos tonight. And the only saving grace is because my stewardship earlier in the day kept me from buying them. Yeah. So the only thing I have left is uh, some dark chocolate chips and I found a rice cake. You know, <laughs> it's better. Right. Then a more harmful, you know, substance or whatever. But we're talking about, yes, stewardship, which we don't use the word stewardship much outside of church. Right. It's a churchy word. And if you Google stewardship of the body, you find nothing. I've done that multiple times. Maybe, maybe something's new out there. I was about to say it's to be a book title, but who wants, who wants to buy that book? I know it feels. Stewardship. Yeah. It doesn't inspire me. It's just, it feels like accounting. (laughs) It is. Well, and for candor, I was going to lead this show with a title of our addictions to food, 
but it's negative. And we, who wants to, that's not exciting. I do want a healthy, do I want a healthy, who does not want a healthy relationship with, with food? That's right. Well, everybody. So again, if we look at that at money, would we like a healthy relationship with money? Be at peace with it? Yeah. Yeah. That was Dave yeah. Ramsey, financial peace. That's what he yeah. started with. And then now, you know, would we want a healthy relationship with food? What does that look like? And I think our start is just understanding what is your current relationship with food. I think we could do justice to having not five, you know, keys to success, but some ways to filter that. I can't say that I've thought about how would I define my own relationship with food? You know, and and my my first thoughts are there's some places where I feel very good Mm -hmm. about my stewardship, about my relationship. And where do I, where do I struggle? Yeah. It would be a start. I think I, I, I do think that would be a start. And that's where we also lose many Americans because we can't sit by ourselves in a room without a phone for 15 minutes. Says uh, says, Pascal back yeah. in the 1700s or whatever. So I, I would challenge me to sit by myself for five minutes and just contemplate and, and spiritually dig around in there. What is my relationship with food? And I would challenge me and people out there do that while you're fasting, do that also, while you're it. satiated after you've eaten, okay, now it's my relationship. This that's, is that's good, actually. Yeah. This is a good family table talk. Yeah. Is you know why do we eat and and the because it, it, it's going to come you know to that to that fuel. Why do we eat? <laughs> oh, you know, well, it's it's fuel. So yesterday, I thought I wrote notes on this you down. Eat to oh, live or live to eat. Yesterday, I got a picture I could show you, though most of the people are listening to audio. So I'm in the airport at uh, Sarasota, or I don't know, Sarasota, Chicago, somewhere. And there's, I'm getting ready to board the plane and there's a little kiosk display thing. And it was Doritos, I think, some chips. And it said, uh, fuel up before you board. Fuel up. <laughs> And I, but again, I get it. So I'm going to get in this tin can in the sky. I am a prisoner up there. Gosh, what? I don't want to be hungry. I there. know. <laughs> and I'm flying, I flying Southwest. So man, it's pretty skimpy right, up there. They, they were on they, the limited thing. You got a, you got an option of four liquids, Cokes or, you know, three varieties of sodas and water. That was it. Four on this flight. And then whatever was in the bags that I said I didn't want, but some kind of chips or, or something like that. So I better fuel up because Everybody boarding is probably going to be in dire straits if they go for one to four hours, which is going to be the average flight time. Probably the average is two if they go that long without food. While they're sitting down. Sitting down. Not moving. Yeah. And, and probably haven't been doing much all day because like me, you know, you drove to the airport, you planes, You probably ate on the way to the airport. Probably, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had that burrito as big as my head before that uh, ultimately that I say I ate, I ate half then two hours later, I ate the rest because I mean, you can't not eat it, you know? And, uh, and yeah, but fuel up and fuel up with this absolute, as if you need fuel, right. As if it is fuel. As it, as, exactly. So there's Michael Pollan on uh, food rules. It's not even qualified food. It's, and I, I still love the Snickers commercial. What was it? Yeah. What was uh, it? You're not you when you're hungry. You're not you. And, you know, so Kevin turns into a, a raging monster or a whining hangry. baby. You're hangry. And, yeah. and Snickers prevents that. But, you know, I want to come in again. We're talking about the relationship. And just because Randy James has the awareness, advocacy and the ability to fast, you can still do that with an unhealthy relationship. You can use that as an eating disorder. 
Well, that's anorexia. Yeah. But that, you, and, you, and so you can do, you can do that. And it's your addiction to trying to, to control, control. still an unhealthy relationship. That's right. Because that's I, right. I feel like I can still, if my ultimate choice is I want to eat what I want to eat, um, which is not, you know, bad foods, but I want to eat lots of it. And I, you know, I'm going to have dairy and fat and stuff with it, whatever. And so I would rather just go exercise for a couple hours a day. That was the classic athletic training is you do that and then you don't feel guilt for it because then you burn 5,000 calories. So we can eat what we want That's to. Right. That's still my propensity and it's not a healthy one. I'm still justifying a, a reason to steward, you know, it's a unhealthy stewardship right. to earn. Right. You earned your Frappuccino. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. That, that yeah, I think it was heavy in the, especially in the eighties and nineties and carb loading and all of that. Mm-hmm. And well, you got to eat, you know, your grandma said, um, I have, I struggle with my relationship with fasting because I, I'm mad at it. Yeah. And, 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 and same with food. I get mad at food sometimes too, because I'm too full, too fast. I want to enjoy this longer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so here we are at 50, we still haven't even figured out how to eat, you know, in a, and which is good because it, we're all on the spectrum of everything and everybody can eat a little bit better. Well, and we're, and we're doing this, how, if you put yourself on the spectrum of a good relationship with food and eating well for your health, wouldn't you say that right now you're at the best you've ever been? Yeah, I am. Yeah. And yet I'm not. Yeah. But I've also never had a relationship with fasting and you know, I've never had some of these other things that like Eliza said, like she at 20, whatever is more likely to have a chance of being better, a better Mm -hmm. relationship with food over more decades of her life which would translate into a wellness theoretically. Um, so so uh, th- th- this is new for me. I, well, I think that this, so the, the point of this show, the value of this show for all of us I, and for me, for me is the awareness of, I am yeah. dealing with, I was going to say something dangerous. It's not, I am dealing with something that can be dangerous, just like yes. money. Everybody gets that with money. Yeah. Watch money. out. Money, the brick. Yeah, it, the brick. It, 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 a, a knife. A knife is the best tool to cut a steak, but it can kill you. But it can kill you. And I think that we are ignorant to the power of huh. food and the uh, ability for it to uh, take control of us. Very well said. The dangerous side of food is just not in our cultural awareness. Yeah. It really isn't. Even though we all know, yes, okay, obesity, but rather than doing something about it, it's normalized. Yeah. Like smoking didn't. It's a, despite your example there, it is a good example of something that, like you said, we don't know anybody that smokes, but if you went back to the seventies, everybody knew somebody. Mm -hmm. And so now there's a lot less of that, but I don't see that happening with food. The awareness of food addiction, the awareness of I'm satiated too often. I was thinking I about our kids. We've got boys who were now saying, okay, well, and I've, I've already gone through a handful of kids. We're going, okay, you're about to be entrusted with a half ton vehicle. Do you know the damage this can do? Oh, so the vehicle's bad? No, it, we, it's a car. It's great. Love transportation. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it beats heck out of a horse for me, at least. And it, it's great, but it's got some potential. Absolutely. And I, uh, when I turned 16, I did not have a healthy relationship with my transportation and I got into lots of trouble and caused lots of damage, uh, because of not, uh, managing that responsibility. 
So there's another word, responsibility. Food responsibility. Food responsibility. That title will not sell. I, I don't like it. I just want to like go yeah. enjoy my stinking food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, but then, so then it's, so then we're into my arena, like the motive podcast yeah. of what's my, Why? you know, what's the motive? What is my goal? What do I want? And that is the only, maybe that's the only saving grace of the only ability to have a good relationship. The only reason to have a relationship with it, to be responsible, to steward it well is because I'm over here saying, man, I just want to feel well. And for those who say, I want to look well. That, that's going to be more or less important to somebody. I don't think anybody ever says I want to look bad, but different values there. But does anybody not want to feel well? I mean, that's right. at the end of it. I just, I just came from Florida and the amount of lingering yeah. disabled elderly people. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time with my parents who are both in their early seventies. My dad's just about to turn 74. They were with a lot of people their ages and it was pretty, and they're, it's not that they're in perfect health, um, but compared to their peers, their peers looked 10 years older and, wow. and they were less able. And my dad's writing books and my mom's doing art and they're, you know, traveling around and doing their things. And I think, man, that's, I don't want to linger. I don't want disability. They're the unusual. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and I want to, and I'm thinking about now I'm 50. Hank, I don't really have any limitations. I was thinking about it since I was there, seeing a lot of limitations. Yeah. I don't have any, my knees don't hurt. I can jump, bounce, roll. Whatever. At what point do I want to say, ah, you know, I do feel a little bit of a twinge. I'm going to take it easy. Uh, yeah, it's probably I've skied a lot in my life. It's probably time to hang hang it up. I don't I don't want to. I, I don't up, want to. I've, I've never had that thought. But you're supposed to be. Uh, you're supposed to by proxy at some point accept expect. Right at fifty three to be and accept the limitation. Yeah. And, and here, here's what gets me: it is going to happen. It's like you saying yeah. we are going to die. Yeah. We're not going to sit here and espouse this stuff <laughs> and do this and, and then be here at, at one hundred fifty years old and say, "Guys, see, look, see. we're still <laughs> rolling along, man." For one hundred eighty dollars, you can for one hundred eighty dollars, <laughs> you can find out how to live to be one hundred fifty and not have age. I mean, we are going to age, and at some point, I am not going to be able to do ten pull ups. I get, well, you know, unless something tragic happens or what you said, I'd love to be doing those 10 pull-ups. And at the end of the 10th, that's when boom. And at 93, that was it. Kevin's 93. Mm -hmm. And he hit that last one and went down and my kids would say, ah, oh, that's how he wanted to get out <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> on his 10th one. <laughs> that is 10th one. Okay. Relationship, responsibility, stewardship, but maybe that's a great place to end is it's all, it all rides on. What do we care about? What do we care about? And we dramatically care about the dopamine hit that we're going to get today, eating food. And that's the immediate appetite. Right. How about the long term? What do you care about in the, in the big picture? What are the main things? Hey, thank you for joining us on this journey to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. Here's to you increasing the health you have in your relationship with food. And I say this as I look forward to taco night in about four hours from now with some great margaritas, uh, but man, love food. I just want a strong and healthy relationship where it's not controlling me. Uh, thanks as always to my peak wellness expert and co-host, Randy James, medical doctor, functional medicine expert. You can connect with him at truelifemedicine.com.
Uh, if you appreciate this podcast and want to share it with others, please do so and rate it. Give us a rating on Spotify. Leave us a rating and a review would be awesome on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on YouTube to watch the full episodes of all of these shows. And you can find me, you can find us on YouTube and social media anywhere at Kevin Miller CEO. We're putting a lot of clips up these days that a lot of people are sharing. We got tens of thousands of people watching these reels and getting great clips that they can share with other people, or it may just show you a show that you want to tune into. Uh, and if you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, What Drives You. You can find it on Amazon in any format. Until next time, stay driven. <laughs>